Hi, welcome back. Thank you for listening. Um, today I'm continuing my trend of asking zillennial girls that I follow online to come on my podcast. I have Alexi Alario from Yay. alumni here. Hi, Alexi. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, Nymphat Alumni is my fave pod, but (sighs) for someone who doesn't know what it is, how would you describe it? Oh, I need to get better at doing this like elevator pitch. It's basically like a a podcast about fashion and culture starring uh, me and my two friends, Biz and Sam, who are cultural analysts in their own special ways and um I guess we talk a lot about like online based aesthetics and trends and cultural commentary (laughs) and I feel like you guys are always like six to nine months ahead of like the article like there always winds up being an article about whatever topic it is, but you guys are always like far, far ahead and like very well researched. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that other people, I'm glad that you have said that and I didn't have to say it myself. <laughs> there was just an article today that we were like, Oh, like jacking our swag again. But also like, sometimes I do feel like kind of schizo where I'm just like, oh, like everyone is copying me. And that's like a really bad way to think, but it is kind of um, the way I've reframed it is just like, that means that you're right. You know? Yes. And, yeah, like, I, I don't really get like mad anymore. I just feel like an immense sense of gratitude and like self-assuredness. I'm like, I'm on the right path. I think if I, ID is yeah, I feel like it's about like writing articles and shit all the time. Where I see something where I'm like, I was already talking about that, and I was talking about it better than this person is. Like, or yeah. like things I've pitched and then not heard back about and then like seeing basically the same article like six months later and I'm like well at least I am confirming something yeah but I'm not good I I feel like that's kind of like one of the not like the primary purpose of the podcast but one of the things about it that's super validating is just like getting your thoughts out there because I feel like before the podcast I felt really frustrated and I was like oh my god like why are like people having the same thoughts as me, but I like can't prove it in any way. But now I'm like able to prove it with timestamps. So. Yeah, no, it's nice. Sorry, my dog's barking. Oh my god, he should be included. Yeah, dog's name is Oliver. Wait, that's yeah. like my family dog's name. Ali, stop. He's my yeah. I don't edit this. I used GarageBand like a couple of times to try to edit things and I was like it's not oh my God, wait, I need to like say less stupid shit I'm already annoyed <laughs> by what I'm saying <laughs> like, yeah. I sound like an egomaniac guys our podcast is like not always right about stuff like sometimes we are um late and have bad opinions <laughs> <laughs> no not in my opinion you don't um how long have you guys been doing it now um like a year and a half I think yeah we started like Christmas of a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, what would you say is like the goal of the show besides having timestamps <laughs> to know? Yeah, besides you're- being able to prove my my brain thoughts. Um, good question. I mean, I think for us, it's very like gratifying. It's kind of just like having a FaceTime call where you um 
just talk to your friends, but with a little bit more direction. And of course we like plan out the episodes to some extent. Uh, yeah, I think this is actually something we're grappling with because we don't really know like long-term what we want to do with it. It's kind of like we don't make any money from it. We haven't monetized in any way. And I don't even know that if that really is a goal um, just because it is very like satisfying to just have people listen and like be engaged and tell us that um, we've inspired them or <laughs> like provoked some thoughts in any kind of way. So yeah, I don't know. I I really don't think I'm cut out to be like a culture industry person. I'm very happy with my like um, corporate-esque job. (laughs) But I think it's just like um, something, something, community and like conversations. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think like it's, it's good to like have things on record. Like that's something I've kind of become like, more into in the last couple of years where like I want to write about certain things or talk about certain things because I want there to be a record of it because I've had enough experiences of trying to go back and find something and realize like oh there's no blog post about this or like Mm -hmm. there's no article about this or there's no analysis about this and like now all I have is my memory to go on and I don't know like I think there is something to just like putting this stuff out there so that people in the future can come back to it which is like a new thing for me to be motivated by I guess yeah definitely and it's I feel like it's interesting to listen back to old episodes and to see like I disagree with myself quite often and (laughs) see how like some things have become like prophecies but some things have gone in really unexpected ways um yeah what are some of your favorite episodes um, wait, I should look at a list. Oh, Notes on Prep is definitely one of my favorites because I feel like that's when we were really into doing research. Yeah. Um, and it also is, I feel like we've been criticized for having topics that are too niche. And I feel like that was a good example of something that was really broad, but also tied into like niche TikTok trends in different ways. Um, and it was very like chronological and like a big period of time. So it just reminded me more of like the research that I did at school and like a more academic way of looking at stuff. But then also it was just like fun, like and a good recording experience. Then kind of on the opposite end, I really loved our Mass Bolshevik episode. That's like one of my favorites ever, just because I thought it was like so funny. But we didn't really have that much like research at all. So kind of just two of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that episode um, because I've, I lived there a long time. And <laughs> Uh, yeah. refugees. <laughs> Not to me, yeah. Um, I know I'm like a Bushwick expat. Mm-hmm. The Bushwick pipeline. Um, <laughs> That's definitely real, I think. Yeah, I think so too. My friend was saying like, before I moved back, she was like, there's so like in the pandemic, she's like, there's Echo Park is full of 23 year olds now. And I was like, what? Like, I don't know what you mean or whatever but it does feel like because I used to live in this neighborhood and now I live in it again and it Mm -hmm. or she was like 23 year old to move from New York it does feel like there is a lot more like people who move from New York here because the outfits are much better than they used to be whoa yeah and yeah I've actually never been to LA but I feel like the one thing I know about it is like the style is kind of like bad right yeah but like not even in a way that people are like, oh, it's all leggings or whatever. It's like, no, because like, LA is mostly like normal people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
unless you're in a specialized neighborhood like Beverly Hills or something, like you don't see like I feel like people always expect like lots of like plastic surgery and like perfect looking people or whatever, but it's like that's like a that's like one tiny thing. But most yeah. are regular here. Damn. Yeah, it's weird to yeah, I think that's the thing about LA that makes me sad is like the whole I guess this is also a thing in New York, but to a lesser extent, like like the city of dreamers like vibe. Like nothing makes me sadder than like struggling actresses um and just like thinking about like girls that are kind of like really pretty but like also not very special I just think of like a casting couch vibe makes me sad but like but most people aren't even like involved in that you know what I mean like you like like, they don't even have dreams like why live there then well because they were born here Oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is really not helping my like, clueless gender take. Yeah, no, like I don't know. Um, anyway, actually, this is a fine, fine segue for our topic, which is looks maxing. Um, okay, can you define this? Yeah, sure. So, looks maxing. We were talking about this um right before we started recording, but. If you look it up online, like a lot of incelly stuff comes up about guys trying to figure out the best way to maximize their looks. Um, and obviously there's an element of like everyone is starting from a different place. There's also an element of like society has really toxic beauty standards and we should analyze that a little bit or take that with a grain of salt. Um, but also it's kind of this methodology of just like how like what steps you can take to, you know, increase your standing in the sexual marketplace um and there's like you know i feel like people on these kinds of like forums have a very quantitative mindset about it like they're very quick to rate people one through ten or just like analyze people's faces in this very mathematical and geometrical way and kind of try to like get to the bottom of why we consider people beautiful and what we can do to become more beautiful. That's yeah. one thing that's interesting is that on, I was like looking at different forums and one of them was like, feel free to talk about objective beauty, but no discussions about subjective beauty. And I was like, but isn't all beauty subjective? Like is objective beauty just symmetry? Yeah. I mean, there, one of like the, some of the terms that I find really useful from there is that um, they have this term halos, which are like, I think it comes from the halo effect where it's like when you're attractive, your life is better or like you're perceived in a more positive way. But halos are like features or qualities that are like desirable or like that other people consider attractive um, across like beauty standards from a bunch of cultures, which like symmetry is one of them. Um and then they're phalos, which is like such a shitty way to put it. But that's just like things that are like generally considered unattractive. But I feel like people are really accepting of the fact that like, you know, sometimes you can have like one thing that is considered a phalo on paper, but it like actually makes you attractive in a way that doesn't like follow a pattern. Yeah. Um, and then there are also people that have like all halos, you know, like, I've been talking about this so much. I don't really know why. Like, because I guess I've been watching a lot of movies and TV and like bad TV, 
But in the U.S., there are a lot of people that are actors that are just like definitely attractive, but in a very nondescript way, you know. Yeah. So I think it's like this um, acceptance that to be like truly attractive in a way that's like really compelling to people, you have to have like something that is like slightly off. And these forums are always like pulling up pictures of like random celebrities and being like, "What makes her so like attractive?" Yeah. I mean, but people really get get to the point. Like, I feel very satisfied when I read those forums and like see how people really crack the case that's really interesting i do feel like um some people are yeah they're like completely they have all the elements but other people are attractive in a way that you want to watch them you're just like yeah like like, um like chloe 70 is like a classic case of that where it's like i just want to look at you moving your face around because i'm i'm just like there's some ineffable quality that i'm like looking at that I want to keep looking at that has yeah. nothing to do with like I mean she's an attractive person but she's not like a Kylie Jenner like symmetry like plastic surgery miracle or something yeah <laughs> yeah plastic surgery is definitely a huge part of it um yeah I, I guess I think the thing that's the most refreshing about it is that there's this like the female looks maxing subreddit subreddit is called vindicta and it originally used to be very like feminist vibes um but now it's kind of just like spiraled into like femme cells who are really bitter and like mean about other women but um i think it's just because as you mentioned before we started recording like body positivity is obviously a huge thing like i think for the past like two decades mass media has been on this vibe of like everyone's beautiful like anti-bullying like subjective beauty like we are all beautiful and as much as we can get that messaging it's like so obvious in your everyday life that that's not really true like it's obvious in the way people treat you and like you know if you're like in the dating pool it's like increasingly obvious um and so I think people are just like kind of tired of that hypocrisy and are coming to the realization that like okay if I want my life to be better I like need to put in the work um, but yeah, I think it is generally good. I think that it's just kind of hard to balance without, um, you know, running into like things of like why our beauty ideals are kind of racist or like just being really petty towards other people. And I think also like if you successfully look max, looks max, you like develop bitterness towards ugly people <laughs> or like I find myself looking yeah, at people yeah, being like I know exactly how I could fix you and it could be so easy yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. just like a shitty way to think yeah um okay so in my like researching I or like very cursory researching I feel like one thing that's like important to denote is like soft maxing versus hard maxing like yeah. the soft maxing is basically anything you can take off like makeup, clothes, hair, nails, whatever. And yeah. hard maxing is like plastic surgery, like anything that's like permanent. Yeah. Or I would guess, I guess I would add like invasive to that. Yeah. Um, because like plastic surgery isn't super permanent. Like you can dissolve fillers and stuff, but I, I think those are still hard maxing. I also think skincare is a part of soft maxing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot of theories about this. Uh, I think, you know, more and more over the past few years, I've gotten really into processes that are somewhat in between, like um, getting 
I guess I've never really had hair extensions, but I do get my hair like chemically treated, things like that, getting lash extensions, um, getting my nails done pretty frequently, uh, things like waxing also, and just like general facial upkeep, like getting my brows done, like getting facials. And all of these things really put you on this like insane schedule where it's like not really something you can like put on or take off. Like makeup is a really like easy thing um, and like the quickest solution, but it's so like time consuming and also just like things like lash extensions and like nail extensions as well. It's so temp. It's like not temporary, but it is temporary, but it keeps you trapped in this feedback loop of like, this is actually like, making my lashes fall out or like making my natural nails really weak. So you just have to decide like, do I want to keep up this like fake preservation of my natural attributes or like actually care for the health of them? Um, Which I've like chilled out on and I'm just like, I need to be like, oh, sorry. I think I might've just unplugged that a little bit. Um, Yeah. There's some things that are like slightly become self-destructive if you like get too into um, like your self-preservation. Yeah. I feel like, okay, one of my, like, grand theories of, like, haterdom is just that nothing is really actually new. It's just, like, new language for stuff that's already exists. So, like, to me, like, looks maxing is just something that, like, especially women have always done, like, trying to find the best features and, like, accentuate them. And in a way, it's kind of, like, I feel like because magazines and other like traditional outlets of like speaking to women do not like speak this language anymore it's like the girls have had to take to the forums because they still ultimately want all the same info yeah I think uh beauty information used to be just very top down and it used to be coming from the like bodies that be that are trying to sell you uh beauty items and like in the editorial world, I think that's been true forever. Otherwise, I was it Naomi Wolf that wrote the beauty myth. Yeah, that was her. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really good book, but she kind of made this argument about how um, like women didn't really become like insecure, like super concerned about beauty as much as wait, I can find a way to rephrase this. Like things just became really bad, like with the invention of photography, because then like it was really like images of women could become mass disseminated and like beauty standards became really obvious. Otherwise, you know, there were things that were considered beautiful. Like you would still see a woman and think she was beautiful, but like you weren't comparing her to like 20 other women. I think this is a thing that I'm seeing on TikTok a lot now is people being like me when I scroll on TikTok for three minutes and see like more beautiful people than my ancestors would have ever seen in their lifetime. Um, So now we're just like getting inundated with uh, just like knowing what other people look like, but also like, of course, attractive people are like uh, not proportionally like, yeah, yeah, they're prioritized. I know. Like when I go to the beach, I'm uh, like, I went to Malibu this weekend and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, like a public beach, like not like anything fancy. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, this is what like most women's bodies look like. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not anything, like, crazy. But, yeah, being online, you're like, holy shit. Like, everyone's so perfect. But in one of the articles I was, like, reading about looks maxing, they did say research shows people 
who are considered unattractive get paid less and have fewer job opportunities. One study found that juries are less likely to convict someone if they consider them good looking. So this practice does have like, it's not pure vanity. It's also part of like operating in the social apparatus. Yeah, definitely. And this is why I think that we're going to see a revolution like in our lifetimes where we take lookism, which I'm pretty sure is a term that was like invented by incels probably. And we categorize it in the same way that we do like classism or like things like or like fat racism yeah yeah yeah. like fat phobia is a better example because it's like something that you can kind of control but also that has like these systemic issues wrapped up in it um yeah and i i think that's gonna be really interesting and i'm just seeing a lot of um like women on tiktok that are they're not even they're definitely like not trying to be self-deprecating or like fish for compliments or just like it really bothers me when I try to talk about my experiences being unattractive and everyone's like no girl you're so pretty or like trying to find some like backhanded way to be like oh you're just like unconventionally beautiful and to lay out my stakes in this for example like I feel like this isn't me trying to like fish for compliments or anything but I grew up like really busted everyone in my family was really hot and it was like extremely frustrating and so I feel like I know when people are doing that because just like I remember people looking at my family and being like oh like you're such a beautiful family and then like telling me something backhanded about how I look like very unconventional or how I have like some kind of like exotic beauty to me that is like hard to explain and I'm just like okay whatever um but then like I feel like I put a lot of effort into looks maxing in the past few years and like the kind of compliments I was getting were not like that and I was just treated in a way that was like confirming my ascension and so that was like really good but it's also just like yeah I think women are getting frustrated with um just like the hypocrisy and want to be able to have honest conversations without feeling like it's like a personal attack and that is something that has also happened with like the fat acceptance movement I guess because people are like I should be able to say that I'm fat and like have it not be taken as an insult like women aren't calling themselves ugly but they're just being like objectively like I am average looking. And I feel like average people, average looking people are like the middle class, you know, they're like disappearing. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, There was an Atlantic article about fem cells and Mm -hmm. one of them said, like is quoted, she said, the liberal feminist notion of like supporting all women, feeling positive all the time, it's disingenuous. I'd rather be able to talk about being ugly than try to convince myself that I'm pretty. I think for girls, it just feels kind of infantilizing. Like we're not allowed to think of ourselves as we really see ourselves. Yeah, that's definitely true. I like really liked that because I, I definitely grew up in like not the body positive time or anything. And like, I always joke like, fuck, I had to work in the fashion industry before body positivity. Like that's not <laughs> <laughs> to do it. Yeah, um, dark. Like, yeah, but I, I, I do think, like, yeah, people should be able to want to change. Like, it's good to have diversity and inclusion or whatever, but it's also, like, I mean, it's a tough line to balance because especially when you're talking about weight or something where it's, like, actually can become, like, a health issue. It's, yeah. like, I don't know if we should be celebrating, like, obesity. Yeah. Beautiful. I think like the idea was we needed to get away from unhealthy weight, low weight women. Like 
but we should really be seeing a lot more just kind of like healthy weight. Yeah, like average looking woman. I don't know. It, it's just like, I think uh, advertising works in extremes where like media also where it's like, instead of just like having normal weight models, they were like, oh, so you guys want like people that are morbidly obese. And it's like, okay, that's like not what anyone's yeah, saying. Like, I was talking to a friend about, we were both shopping on one of those websites that has like, um, it has like a lot of different size of models but it's not yeah. one of those websites where it's like you can click like see this on a size four see this on a 10 see this on a 16 or whatever it was like basically we were talking about how we could not tell what the clothes would actually look like because the model that they used for this like particular garment was so far from either of our bodies that we didn't know what this was gonna look like yeah like, these one extreme being like replaced with another and yeah like it's it's definitely good to see to see different kinds of people and be like oh I'm not alone I'm not the only person like this or whatever Mm -hmm. but it does feel like it's been taken in such an extreme and I think that like people being on forums like talking about this and obsessing over it and kind of like a new analytical community way definitely speaks to like body positivity and inclusivity having like, yeah, like a disingenuous streak to it yeah. because we all know what it feels like to walk around in the world. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely just giving rationalism. It's also just one of the spaces that I feel like I've been in online that feels the most honest and like unapologetic. And I feel like there are very few, few places where women can like talk to each other about each other, about our reality without constantly being like, I don't know, sugarcoating things or, like apologizing for delivery or like tone policing, mm. uh, which is something that I feel like is somewhat refreshing. Um, I mean, like I, I feel like they try to keep the like straight up bullying down, but you know, like there are just objectively like whenever people post desperately, they're like, "What would you do if you were me?" Like people do show up with like good advice. Yeah. So, do you find any like when you're looking at forms and stuff and like reading like? Over time, have you found any, like, archetypes or, like, kinds of, like, types of people that have kind of recurred? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely just really mean girls that seem like they are upset that it hasn't worked for them. This is, like, a very classic thing to reference, like, the Reply All podcast about uh, incels. They made a really good point about how it has, like, uh, what do they call it? like the student council problem, I think, where it's like, it's a club that is like, if it meets its goals, like everyone will leave it, you know? So then the people that are left behind because they haven't like excelled out of it or like met their goals or like graduated in a sense are just like some of the most toxic and like evil people and like are just upset at other people who are kind of like wholesome and like new to this thing and have um, hope about it. So I think that definitely is a thing. I, yeah, what are the archetypes? There are definitely people that are just like wizards of this kind of thing. And I always really wonder about what they look like in real life. And this is something about me that's like not super Gen Z's that like, I want everyone to be face doxxed. Like anonymity really bothers me. And I know like doxing is bad, but I have a hard time making online friends if I don't know what they look like. Discord scares me. And I think this is like a testament to lookism because I'm just like, I just don't feel comfortable 
like interacting with someone if I just don't know what they look like at all. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, that tells me a lot about how you like navigate the world. And like, I need to be able to um, decide if I would consider you guilty on a jury, et cetera. <laughs> exactly. I know when I was looking at like uh, the various like forums on like Reddit and stuff and um, there was like one post I was reading and then at the bottom it was like, it was like note or like update. And it was like, I've been diagnosed with bipolar two therapy and medication are helping a lot. Like if anyone, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like that. I mean, it literally is. Yeah. Like, like every other part of the internet, like mostly yeah. kind of like, you know, disturbed people. Not that yeah. looking too disturbing. But like, <laughs> yeah. I think I read this whole post, like, and kind of was taking it, in earnest with like a small grain of salt. And then I saw the bottom footer and I was like, Oh, what am I doing here? Like, Yeah. One thing about these forums that really fascinates me is their obsession with celebrities. And it really is just like an interest in celebrities that has nothing to do with like their career or their personality, but just like looking at them as like tools to help us figure out what we're like, you know, like yeah, people are always asking like, oh, what body type would you consider Jennifer Lawrence? She's like the person that I can find that's the closest to me. And then you're using this person as kind of like a proxy or like a body double because they're like the reference that most people understand. And so I spent a lot of time just like looking at random celebrities and being like, hmm, like what traits am I taking on from them? And they're really just like avatars. So people won't like expressively post themselves, but they'll just be like, this is how you can understand who I am. I have like the eyes of like this woman and like the shoulder width of like this other woman. Yeah. That's really weird. Um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like when I started uh, like just Googling to see like what was on the front page of Google for looks maxing, most of the results were for men mm-hmm. with a mix of like websites and forums to help men. And then also like, mainstream media articles that very much conflated like the word looks maxing was coming up as in the article but not the title and it was about like violent incels like most of them published in like 2018 when that was some kind of like threat or whatever like yeah but I do kind of feel like men caring about their looks to this extent does feel like actually something kind of new I, yeah, that's true, but also they just have such a shitty approach to it where it's really about, like, pickup artistry and, like, they see, like, their sexual marketplace value as, like, so much more of a reflection of their self-worth. I feel like for women, like, you can be, like, totally busted as a guy and still have, like, a really great career and, like, a lot of, like, meaningful friendships, you know? But also I feel bad for men because it seems like they have a lot more things that are out of their control or they don't have like the same toolkit of like illusory um, techniques as yeah, yeah, yeah. women do. And also like all the things that they can fix about themselves, like end up being super invasive. Like I'm not going to like tell guys to get like hair plugs and like break their shin bones to gain three inches of height, you know, like I was literally just thinking hair and height are like the two things that they can't control that they like. Yeah. And everything else is kind of like compromisable. Like I, I think it's really hard for, like guys just have a lot more room to be conventionally attractive or like, I don't know, unconventionally attractive, I guess. Yeah. Um, There was like, okay. So from one of the articles I was reading, it says 
Men and women respond very differently when discriminated against in a romantic or sexual context, experts say. While women often internalize or blame themselves when faced with rejection, men tend to lash out. Yeah. Which was interesting. And this was like kind of a sensational piece about like incels. So I don't know. It was a bit biased in my opinion, but um, yeah, it does seem like, I mean, I think that's pretty like obvious if you just tend to internalize and take it on as an issue. Like, oh, this is my problem. I need to fix it. Yeah, so that's why I think looks vaccine for men seems kind of revolutionary. Like, you don't really see that level yeah. of introspection, like, being performed on men um, yeah. or within the real community. But they also just, like, have a tendency for extremism. And I also think that men, especially men that are incels, like, don't actually know what women want. Like, they have this, like, really, like, gay idea of masculinity that is only being reinforced by, like, the other men in their community. I really would love to be, like, an image consultant for an incel. I think that's kind of my yes. dream job. Yeah. I asked one of my friends, like, I was like, because I was reading something about how, like, male plastic surgery is up just, like, an enormous amount. And Mm -hmm. I was asking one of my friends, like, do you feel like in the last 10 years or so, like, you're more aware, like, that guys in general are more aware, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, like, oh, like, you and the boys don't, like, talk about this stuff. Like, there's, like, the only way that a man who is having image issues like he would go be anonymous on a forum. Like there's no way that he's gonna be like, Hey bud, I'm like really feeling weird about my chin these days. Or like, yeah. And I don't think like they would affirm each other in the way that women do in like the sleepover yeah. way of like, Oh my God, no, like you're so beautiful. Like they would just be like, bro, you're weird as fuck. Like why you must be like looking at yourself in the mirror too much. Yeah, in a way it does make sense to me that men like do this anonymously online in a way that I think women like, yeah, this used to just be mainstream magazine shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. That is interesting to me. I also found this one post from an incel describing the woman that he wants, which I found because <gasps> I'll read it, but it, it's a lot more about um, behavior than yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Okay. But then it's also like men want these guys that or men want these women that have like a certain type of behavior, but they won't even consider them for to be like capable of that unless they're pretty, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, Short stature, but high E as an estrogen features like relatively big lips, big titties, fat ass, quiet, doesn't ever contradict me, listens to an event and tells me I'm right, which I am. Gives amazing blowjob, cooks, cleans up after me. Not white, but light skin. Dark hair is fine, but she should dye it a lighter color. Pretty face, because that's what matters more than anything. Only dresses modestly outside the house. Disparages men who I dislike and also keeps away from my friends in order to appear as non-hypergamous? I don't know that word. As possible. I know it. It's a very (laughs) insulting word. Because she knows that... If I even get a whiff of a cheating whore, I will end her. (laughs) Also, occasional threesomes with women, and she lets me cheat, but she doesn't say anything about it because she knows I have to eat my rocks off. That is so fried. Hypergamous is like, I guess hypergamy, how is it described? It's like the practice of um, dating or marrying to get like a higher social status. Mm. So that's why I think... um, 
guys think that women will always cheat because they're like always looking for a way to like level their life up and so i think yeah guys should um i don't know i'm pro looks maxing for guys but i think they need like a, a, a woman's opinion but also that was like a really fried um descriptor list yeah i don't even know where to begin with that <laughs> what's interesting too is that like this is only like straight cis men or whatever like this isn't like it's not like men of all sexual interests are like up in here it's definitely just men who are focused on women like mm-hmm. there's not like it's not like straight guys and gay guys are like intermingling in this it's all straight guys yeah it's like gay guys just have like an uh like they just know how to look, look smacks yeah. yeah they have like an innate like i remember going to um the standard pool in west hollywood and just being around a bunch of like gay guys and being like men can have good bodies if they try like yeah i was so happy I, I also experienced that at the soho house pool and i was just like oh my god yeah. All the guys here are so hot, but, like, I don't feel really attracted to them. But, like, I'm just happy to be around them, you know, because they're, like, cute. I was just feeling, like, because I, like, I hate, like, uh, dad bod and stuff because I feel like women are, you know, despite whatever is in culture and media, like, women are definitely just held to a higher standard, like, looks-wise and maintenance mm-hmm. and hygiene and body and everything that men are not held to. So I hate the dad bod thing. Cause it's like, Oh no, that's just more permission. Like women aren't allowed to have like that amount, like that percentage of body fat and be celebrated, you know, <laughs> or sexualized. Oh my God. Much less. Yeah. So, like, I think, I think I, it's I, with women. This is one thing I do believe about looks maxing is that it's not just about like weight. Like it truly is about proportion. And I yeah. think you can have like kind of bad proportions like, of course, your life will be easier if you're skinny and have bad proportions because people will be like, oh, like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you're skinny. But I do think, like, women that are, like, on the larger side and have, like, good proportions are, like, so beautiful. Like, it has, like, way more of, like, a stunning effect than just someone who's just, like, skinny. I know, but I feel like even with that, that woman still needs to be, like, dressed a certain way, have makeup done a certain way, hair done a certain way. Yeah. She just, like, rolls up in like jean cutoffs and a white tank top <laughs> there needs to be like a fat version of heroin chic like yeah a version of heroin chic that um like being fat is a part of it <laughs> i mean and i only say this like i'm not saying this is like a hater like fat phobia but i'm just saying like you know i've existed in the world at like a, a, at quite a different like size range low to larger and i know that like body positivity is a myth. Like people are not a myth entirely. I do think there is a subtle change happening, but I do think that like, yeah, the world treats you better when you're skinny. It just does. And like, I do think body neutrality is kind of the goal. Like I, yeah, even though I'm like young, I'm just like tired of obsessing over my body because despite all of the shit that I've tried to do, it seems kind of like unchangeable, which maybe I'm just on birth control and like have a really (laughs) stable weight and like, it's just not going to change. But like, there are just more interesting things to be concerned with. But also, I objectively have, like, really banging body, which is something that I'm learning to accept. Um, what else? I remember I was sitting at, like, a table next to these women who were, like, in their 60s. And they were catching up, like, over soup or something. And 
they like had all the convo about like what their husbands are up to, what their kids, all of that stuff. And then like, as the meal was like fading on, they started talking about like food and like what they are and aren't eating right now and all of this stuff. And I was like, I just don't want to be 60 still thinking about this. Like yeah. I don't want to think about food and talk about food with my friend at 60 years old. Yeah. I want to talk about, yeah. I, I hope I'm like kind of fat by then. Honestly, I don't want to be skinny or get skinnier like later in life. I think it's because also like um, having some weight on you and some volume, like you'll just age better straight up. Yeah. Cause you're just like, yeah, I feel like you have more collagen somehow. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of like women who are in their thirties, like really start clinging on to being skinny and like moms also, because it's like, it symbolizes youth in some ways and it's also just desirable, but they're also kind of like shooting themselves in the foot because it ages them really badly, especially if they're not like having a well-maintained or balanced diet. They like literally just become like haggard. Yeah, you Which, get hollow and wrinkly and your hair quality is bad. Yeah, like you just, at that point in your life, like, just like try to look happy. I don't know. Or just like yeah. follow your follow your intuitive eating vibe. <laughs> like, I know, exactly. And I know like women, when they get into their 50s and stuff are like, suddenly like I'm invisible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I wonder if I'll hate that very much. Like, I don't know. I kind of want to be invisible most of the time. I don't yeah. want to be marked upon or like looked at or, yeah I am like, so remarked upon I'm not like trying to brag I feel like because I used to be busted like I say things about my um appearance that sound like I'm really egotistical but it is just like pretty um still new to me just like the amount of people that will just like comment on my appearance and I really hate it I was watching like a youtuber who is like a trans woman and she was saying like what it was like to just be out in the world, like as a man versus as a, you know, female presenting person mm-hmm. and how much like, like as a man, you feel very invisible and you just don't, you just feel like background noise and you kind of feel like no one can like hear or see you or like think anything of you or whatever. Yeah. And that as a woman, like you were just so much more remarked upon and just like, commented on and people feel like they can just like say shit to you in a way that they just like do not say shit to men and that you're just like kind of more of this like object that's like you're not in the background you're like the star yeah that's not real not their words but my words (laughs) yeah no it does definitely give me like main character syndrome just like seeing people look at me it is kind of fun but also like i just want to I don't know. I feel like I somehow get more attention on the days I look busted, maybe because I look so like damaged. Um, yeah. I I do need to incorporate like catcalling men into my life more. I used to think about that a lot. Like how could I catcall like a hot bike messenger? <laughs> yeah. I definitely like, I stare at men in an uncomfortable way, but I think it just like, I don't really know. It never really leads anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's like, that's definitely one of the best things about New York is just being on the subway and for like one train ride, having like an eye flittering, like flirtation with someone who you'll never exchange numbers like on the train or anything like that. But it's like, I don't know. It's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. There's like, I've been living in fear for the past 
when did this first happen? I think I saw him first in April. There's this guy in my neighborhood, and I know he lives in my neighborhood because I've seen him three times now, who's like, actually, if I were trying to draw like my like ideal boyfriend, he would look just like it. Like he was so hot and just like is always dressed really cool. And I just always happen to see him when I look really insane or busted. And I need to do something about it next time I see him. But like every time I leave my house, I'm just like, oh, what if this is a time? And it's making me really paranoid about like my self presentation. Does he, do you have to go in the office? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're on like a subway schedule. Yes. But he's never been a part of that. Like I see him at like really oh. random times, always after work. Yeah. Oh. Yeah interesting that's fun to have like a neighborhood i don't know yeah i feel like yeah New York it definitely has-, has heightened my awareness like a lot um but it's so great to see hot people around yeah it's, i feel like it's also holding me back because i know i can't enter a relationship with anyone because i'm like if i saw him and i was like dating someone like sorry it's literally over for us like <laughs> i would do anything for him like I could literally be married with a kid, and if I saw him out on the street, I'd be like, hey, like. (laughs) No, I remember my friend who was, like, engaged to a long-term partner told me that there was, like, some, I think he was, like, like, some guy she saw in her neighborhood all the time that I don't, I maybe worked, I don't remember this specifically exactly, but some guy she saw all the time where she just felt this, like, insane connection to where she was ready to, like, throw it away with her like long term oh my god for this and i was like that's it's never gonna be like what you think it's gonna be mm-hmm. yeah i think this is like something that i i very strongly believe in is unrequited love and just like the value of um of that and being able to accept it because i'm like a huge part of my life is that i'm a really big fan of k-pop and so i definitely have like uh i've always had like a very obsessive brain um and I'm very prone to fantasy, but I've kind of accepted that that's like really good. And I think um, I'm very happy with knowing that like a lot of the people that I'm really obsessed with, like I, I won't interact with them in real life. And yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years, I've been really kind of interested in like desire and the fact that like desire exists when it's unmet. Like once you satisfy desire, it's, that's like desire is being hungry. And then once you eat, you're not hungry anymore. You know? Yeah. Period. Like, That's so true. Continue to desire the same thing or the same person over and over again. But sometimes the best part is the wanting and not having like, yeah. And this is like a, I wrote a little bit about this when I was in school because I was really obsessed with this Japanese idol group, AKB 48 which is just like has like a bajillion members and people get really obsessed with like these specific girls, but they're all pretty unremarkable and not talented at all. And they make really bad music, but everyone is like kind of aware of this, but there's like a girl next door type of vibe where it's like, okay, like a kind of like medium pretty girl in your neighborhood can join this like idol conglomerate and you can root for her and like see her rise to the top. Um, And yeah, I do think there is some kind of like, confucianist thing where it's like unrequited love is the best because when it's incomplete it's pure and it's like exactly what you want it to be and i do think i've had experiences where like i've been truly obsessed with someone in like an insane way because i do have like idle brain and then i actually just like make my fantasy happen because like duh i'm a cute girl like it's not that hard and then i'm just like 
left feeling so empty. No, so. no one from afar is ever like ever lives up or surpasses like yeah what you think they'll be. But that's like I don't know. I guess yeah. I think like I was really fixated on like unrequited love and on like wanting and all of that kind of thing for like a long time when I was younger, not even that much younger, but younger. And now, or then my, something in my brain shifted to start to enjoy the not having and like, it sounds like fucked up, but it's not, it's not, it's like yeah, learning is fun. Like t- just like being just distant enough. Like I used to always like in the office, like want to make something happen with someone yeah. like, no, the best part of it was the tension. The tension yeah. better than the. And I, I feel like because I have made my like insane fantasies happen, I am kind of on like a power trip where I'm just like I can do whatever I want. But also, what was I gonna say? Something, something. Unafraid love. I kind of forgot. Sorry. Um. Oh no! It's because I have um stem cell brain so I think that whenever I like pull guys like I think of it in a way where I'm like oh my god like I've like totally convinced this guy and like manipulated him into like sleeping with me and like he has no idea that like I had this plan all along but it's like literally like no one cares like I didn't have to manipulate anyone like I wasn't doing some like pickup artistry like as a girl it's just like yeah like guys will want to sleep with you and it's not this like huge game of um deception so i think i need to like be more realistic about um what it means as a woman to like attract someone because it really is like not like i think i just spent too much time online and like with the whole looks maxing thing and like just um hyper fixating on like theories of attraction when in real life it's just like it's easy like guys are easy they're just like a whore it's like it yeah. you don't have to pull some kind of like mind game on them like they're gonna want to sleep with you anyway so yeah although i will say that like fds female dating strategy did like make my life better really i don't think i've ever done female dating strategy wait sorry that was like a I, I don't even know how i originally heard about it but i went on like um the reddit and i just looked at the like main posts that are like how to act like queen <laughs> like they're really corny but it's oh my god yeah yeah wait this stuff that's like ugh, like divine feminine vibes i always yes. get TikToks about this and it's like always over some kind I of like video of sophia loren everyone like suddenly saying divine feminine and like i love to joke about doing various things and be like i think this is the divine feminine it really I'm, is like, yeah mimosa or whatever it might be <laughs> Yeah, girl activity. I'm like, this is just the divine feminine. And it's interesting because that is, I've seen people from like religious to astrology girls to just general like, um, like wellness, fitness type people like invoking the divine feminine language. And then I'm like, wait, is this actually turfy? Like, yeah, no, but I think it has the potential to, um, I don't know. I am really obsessed with femininity. Yeah. Femininity is definitely, like, boiling right now. Yeah, it's literally slaying so hard that, like, men are even acting feminine because it's, like, objectively just, like, more fun. But also, no, masculinity is a thing right now, too. Um, And I wonder if, women are, like, wait, now that the entire culture is becoming feminized, we need to, like, really 
reinstate like what a woman, a true woman is and like what yeah. true femininity is. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah, that's like getting into territories of like how is how do you gatekeep gender? Yeah. Um I should probably not speak on this. <laughs> no, definitely. Um we can wrap it up. Um I could know we it's so, it's so fun. Coming on. Um yeah, I can't overstate how much I recommend Nymphed Alumni, which is on all the main apps you can find it wherever it's on the apps <laughs> if people want to find you alexi where where can they find you um i'm on instagram at alexi neutron and um i guess i'm on twitter at oh god my username makes no sense to be said out loud underscore for capital l3 capital x1 which is like a very leap code way of spelling yeah. alexi i should just get a better username i don't have a good username anywhere um but that's pretty much it yeah listen to nymphed alumni i feel like i've come off as really very much of an asshole i'm like not it's no. like my insane fem cell era <laughs> and so and if anyone gets that impression then they're just not you're not getting the full picture and that's fine but no this, yeah. is, a great, this is a great young lady <laughs> oh, thank you yeah no I just my, I'm kind of broken because um because I used to be ugly and now I'm cute um but I have ugly girl brain and no, I know. I understand or respect what you've been through speaking from experience as an undesirable like teen or like young woman they yeah, don't like I, I was truly like dead ass a femme cell like no like male in my town wanted to have sex with me lost my virginity very late like yeah, like hit they, a glow up that made me more or less unrecognizable yeah i god yeah. stories anyway um <laughs> if you like the podcast and you want to support it you can just share it with a friend please i don't really have any big goals for this podcast but i guess listenership is one of them Yes, so. that is a goal. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Oh, love it. Um, yeah, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.